0: Hey everybody, welcome back to BOSS. This is Angela. And this is Tisa. On today's episode of BOSS, we're going to be talking about the unattainable goal called perfectionism. This is
1: too much, this is too much, y'all. Chai, way too
0: much. All right, let's go. Hi, I'm Angela Calloway.
1: And I'm Tisa Smart Washington. And this is BOSS.
0: Brilliantly owning self and success.
1: So we're two friends on our journey to own ourselves and our success in the most authentic way possible.
0: We found ourselves constantly on the phone, texting, motivating one another with different topics and ideas and having discussions
1: around how to have greater agency in our own lives. And we realized we're not the only ones. So we invite you to come along on this journey with us.
0: This is Boss, brilliantly owning self and success. All right everybody. So we're going to be talking about perfectionism. And the reason this topic is is important to me is because I'm a list person. Y'all, if y'all don't know anything else about me, Angela likes a list and the better the list is, I feel good when I have a good list and I feel good when I can accomplish everything that is on the list. But we I've lived long enough and experienced enough of life to know that having the perfect list or things operating in perfection just is not the way life works. And if you focus on that being the measure of success, you'll always feel like a failure.
1: Absolutely. I, I suffer from perfection perfectionism myself. So what you got for me, Angela? did you say what i have for
0: you you know honestly it it, it, for for me it is something that i continuously because it's something i'm aware of that i haven't and honestly i watch it in my son i have a son and he struggles with it too he likes lists and he has his checklist and i'm like oh god i got you bad with that one baby mom gonna have to work you i'm gonna have to work us both on that one it it is sincerely Something that I have to work against because it, it impedes my ability to move forward. It because does. In my, in my mind, there has to be. I need all of these ten things in order in, in in order for me to launch this. But what I've learned is that one, the list is ever growing, especially in. I don't care what area of life you're in. I was I was about to say, especially in areas of your dreams that you know that, but. I don't care what area of life it 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 exists in there's always a next step there's always more to do uh from a family perspective there's always something to do with your family it's yeah. always the next thing that you guys need to be doing so there's never really a final list
1: and I think that the the you know I'm always talking about the trick of the enemy and that enemy changes but I think in this in this instance your list is being created from your current point of view from your current perspective Mm -hmm. and so you can plan all day what you're going to do when you get a million dollars But you actually have no idea what your life is going to be like when you get a million dollars. You don't know what taxes are going to be coming your way. You don't know what other expenses you have. So you can plan all day when that is not your reality. Yes. And the planning and it makes you feel comfortable, gives you this false sense of security. But when you actually are, when that that reality becomes true for you, then your planning is honestly meaningless. Because I didn't know that A, B, and C existed, so what am I gonna do now?
0: That's good, and you and you said something there. The reality, yeah. A lot of times we have a, an idea of perfection that's in our heads,
1: absolutely, yeah. Not
0: in the other person. Listen, I said the other person's head because listen, that's that's a merit thing there. Or a relational thing I don't want to say America, you might not be married but the relational thing you will I can have a perfect idea of what the new den furniture is going to look like and we arrive at our local haverties we walk inside and I'm looking for the couch the one that I've seen on Pinterest that's the one mm-hmm. and my husband is looking for the ugly monstrosity <laughs> That's all comfy and saggy. <laughs> go, oh, yeah, we go. I'm going to lay on this real good. No, that is not my idea. I want the sofa with the legs. And he's looking like, nah, we want it low to the ground. Just roll off the floor. Roll on to the floor with the sofa, right? Because we had two different ideas of what perfection in the den would look like. Yep. And... The other part of perfectionism that I that you have to be cautious of, that I have to be cautious of, is how it robs me of satisfaction and joy in my life.
1: Oh, that's good. That's good.
0: Because it didn't land perfectly, because it didn't execute perfectly. Now Angela has an attitude about it. Like, it's real. <laughs> I have an attitude about it. I'm angry about it. I'm upset about it because it didn't happen the way i thought it was supposed to happen or it didn't happen perfectly and now i can't enjoy it the same way i would have if it happened in the time frame in the manner if it looked like i wanted
1: it to look and the the other problem with that is that landing not landing perfectly is not necessarily a bad thing there are so many opportunities that have come to my life that have come out of things that didn't go the way that I planned them to go. Uh-oh. So you're even, I see this all the time, that the life that God had for me is totally, is 100% better than the life that I imagined for myself. If it were up to me, I would be working at a newspaper right now and just as happy as can be, because that's the life that I had planned out for myself. Mm-hmm. My life is totally different than that. And just seeing the way that the newspaper industry has gone financially, I'm better off. Um, When I talk in terms of influence, I'm better off in terms of productivity, I'm better off. But I would not have known that had I gotten exactly what I wanted, had I executed perfectly according to my own plan. And so you rob yourself from those opportunities, those unexpected opportunities, when you try to control every aspect of the process. And it's That's hard. Good. It's hard.
0: That's good. I'm 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 processing through that and I'm thinking through that because a lot of times it's the voice in our own, it's how we it's how we speak to ourselves. And when you have that. Perfectionism is a mindset where it has to be perfect. A lot of times, it was what drives that. You could be a taskmaster in your own head. Yep. That that critical voice that that I you 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 criticize every little thing that you do because it didn't happen the right way. So I, I'm I'm listening to you and you and let me connect the dots. Dots on that. When you say, I appreciate my life and my life is is way different from what I thought. If you were operating in a place of perfectionism, you could be, you would be where you are today and criticize it and feel like it's not enough. Yeah. That it's not, it's not happening the way you thought it would, or it's not happening like, Maybe the other people in the same role, the same position, whether it's job, whether it's wife, oh you know other wives get this, other professionals get that you wouldn't be able to appreciate where where you are you would you would still mentally be criticizing everything in your life because it didn't look or feel or happen perfectly
1: and 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 I would be. Telling a bold-faced lie. (laughs) (laughs) Tell the truth. If I say right now that there were points in my life where I didn't, especially at those points where the life that you imagine for yourself is better than the life that you are currently living. So I say that to say that before I started writing for a living, I worked at an investment firm Mm -hmm. or... Let me share the story with you around that. I worked at this investment firm and I mean, there were, there were people there in their early thirties making three and $400,000 a year. I mean, it was crazy how much money was flowing through that place. It just never worked out that way for me. And so I literally worked a job where I had all of this exposure to privilege and excess And the next year I was working at, I was a substitute teacher in the school system making $11 an hour. Now at those times in your life, it's hard to appreciate where you are. Now that I am 16 years past then, and I look back and I can say that that step back was a set up for where I am right now, had I not made that transition, I definitely wouldn't be in the field that I am right now. I wouldn't be in the position that I am right now. But at that time, it's hard to appreciate, especially when you've been in what you're in your in your mind what you consider to be at a better place. So how do you how do you work through those? How do you even appreciate um, where you are during those times?
0: Oh, that's something you're gonna have to tell us. Cause oh, listen, (laughs) Sister Girl is there. I feel like I am still on the climb. But see, this is the perfectionism mindset. Youth, I thought that by the time I got to this age, this point in my career, I would not still be in a climb career wise. And I am. I'm I am still in the climb and climb, and in certain ways, especially in my own personal um dream in my own personal world. I'm really just getting started. So it's really climbing at a point when I and, I, and I'm doing that at a point where I thought I would be getting closer to the top of the mountain, you know, or getting ready to peak or, or cresting to the top. I feel like I'm still in the heart of the climb and I, 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 honey, I need all the words of wisdom
1: there. But is is there ever a peak? Because really what happens is that once you get to the peak of one mountain, then you see there's an even higher mountain waiting for you on the other side, like those mountains that you can't see from the valley.
0: That is so good. That is so good because you know what, see, see, see y'all, I hope y'all growing. I hope y'all in the car. I hope y'all at home getting it because she just said something very powerful. It feels like I am at the, at the bottom of the mountain, but really, really, I hope y'all caught it. Really. I just got to the top of another mountain. mountain.
1: Yes. Yes,
0: so, ma'am. yes. So yes, I'm yet climbing, but it's because I got to the top of the other mountain. If I hadn't have gotten to the top of the other mountain, I couldn't have started on the on the next higher mountain. Yes.
1: Yes. I hear you, Jesus. Thank <laughs> you.
0: <laughs> oh, that was good. That was a good one for me. That was a good good one for me. And because I expected it to look the way I wanted it to look, it makes it very hard to appreciate how far we've come.
1: Yeah. I think that the other, the the other, um, the other way the enemy tries to discourage us or to stop us from doing what we need to do um, or what we are destined to do, I think sometimes is that he uses perfection to make us immobile.
0: Yes.
1: And um, when I was working at the newspaper, My editor came to me one day and she said, Tisa, you have a lot of good ideas, but they mean nothing if you can't turn them into stories. And, you know, I had to sit with that for a while because. I always wanted to write good stories and because I felt like I wasn't um, I didn't have the adequate training or experience to take on those more in-depth stories. I would try to pitch them to her. Like, you're the one that's been doing this longer than I've been doing this. so you should write this story about this. And it would stop me. And she said, and she told me, don't come to me with another idea. (laughs) (laughs) She was (laughs)
0: African-American.
1: Yes. She said, you need, you have really good ideas and you can write really good stories, but you have to turn them. Nobody else can do it for you. That's so good. And and I had to learn when to let go, to understand and accept that this thing is not perfect, but it's time to let go, and that's hard.
0: That's very hard. But what I can appreciate now, and when I have to, and because I know, and knowing is half the battle. Once you know you struggle with something, that's after battle and working through it. Ooh, I will not be defeated by the little perfection gremlin. <laughs> the little yes. perfection gremlin will not get me. It does not have to be perfect. Um. Once I, once I, I'm aware that I'm operating in that, it helps me appreciate one step. Yeah. Every step is appreciated. Even today in COVID-19, Tisa and I, Tisa and I are unable to be together to record and we're recording separately, which is a different energy, you know, part of, what I feel makes our magic happen is that we record together and it feel it really is us sharing our conversation that we're having together with you all it's us talking about the different steps that we're taking in our own lives and and being able to share that face-to-face and having to do it you know using technology is is different but even before we started the podcast today the first thing that we said was it's one step <laughs> <laughs> we did it. We, did. we don't see each other but we can hear each other, you know, through the computers and it's fantastic and I could appreciate the one step as opposed to oh me would have felt like, well, we can't see each other, so it's not going to be the same and blah blah blah. I would have had a full come apart about it not being perfect. And instead, I was just so grateful that we were able to to even get the recording done.
1: And the thing about it is that even though it's not the same, it's better in some other it ways. Is. So we, we so we don't have that energy that we're feeding off of um each other. Like I can't see your facial expression right now, but I can hear you clearly. You know, you 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 hear people differently when they're in your earphone in your you headphones do. and and not just sitting next to you at the computer. You, you know. Do. And then we'll put those pieces together. So we'll put together the energy that we have face to face with this new technology and we we can create a, a totally different product, one that we never knew existed, that, or that we could, or the, that we could create.
0: That's good. That is so good. That is good. And and to be able to appreciate that, see that, embrace it, that's letting go. That is actively, that is how you actively. Let go of this is how it has to be,
1: yeah. And who says that it has to be that? You know, there was this commercial. I can't remember it was I think it was for one of these um online schools or something like that, but there was a commercial one time where the professor was talking about how not knowing how to do something is the perfect place to be because now you're not weighed down by the theory and what mm. people say, how it has to be. And you can just create freely. That's so good. And when you let go of those expectations of perfection, because really all perfection is, is checking off somebody else's list. And as creatives, part of what we do is what has never been done before. So there is no perfectionist. So
0: good, you know. When you said that, you know who that brought to mind for me: Tyler Perry. Uh, you know, he catches yes. a lot of flack from some people, but I've heard him say more times than not that he counts his success to not knowing the way. That he yep. didn't, that if he had tried to achieve the things that he achieved by following the scripted way, it wouldn't have happened. But it's because he didn't know he couldn't do it, that he would go into these meetings and ask for stuff that he didn't know he couldn't ask for. So he would ask for it and then they would give it to him because he asked for it. But he said he didn't know, like his deal with TBS. He said, I didn't know when I went to the meeting and asked for what I asked for, that it wasn't something nobody had ever asked, had ever asked for before. So all of these, I'm, I caught when you said that, I thought about the countless interviews I've heard him give where he said, ignorance has been the thing that has helped me so much because I didn't know the way to do it the perfect way or the right way. I just worked it the way that I could and it worked for me.
1: And let me tell you, that's funny that you say that because um, one of my stories that I always, you know, kind of tell the kids or whatever is that I almost opened up for Arsenio Hall when I was 12. Ah,
0: I didn't know that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I did. My cousin and my friends, we had this group called the Ely Posse. It was a little dance group and we would practice in the garage. And I called the Arsenio Hall show for us to open for Arsenio Hall at 12. I didn't know that you just could not call the show. <laughs> Just ask if you could be on the show. And the guy that I spoke to was like, can you be here by this time or whatever it is? And maybe he was just being nice to a little 12-year-old. I have no idea. But I didn't have a car. So we had no way of getting up there. And, you know, our parents were at work. And so it didn't work out. But he connected us with Rosie Perez. He gave me Rosie Perez's phone number. And at the time, my most... Favorite group at the time was the boys, and she was a choreographer for the boys. So I almost died. And, you know, and, and then I think now if we were in a position to push a little harder and explore that avenue a little more, because she talked to me and she told us about her studio, and then, you know, things just kind of fell apart from there. But it was because I didn't know that that was not the way that you were supposed to do things. So, you know, ignorance has been at different points in my life a blessing because the one thing that i learned from that is you have to at least try and i learned that lesson at 12
0: listen when i say i have that mean with the people shouting in the background that <laughs> that story was absolutely hot that was bob because all my tisa that was fan that was beautiful that was beautiful you called and there and just oh, that's amazing. That is amazing. That's an amazing lesson to take with us.
1: Yeah. And I and I and I see we're different at different points in my life where I've applied that. But you know, perfection or rules, rules, they can hold you back a lot of times. And the crazy thing is that. It has nothing to do with anything that anybody has told you. It's just that story that you tell yourself. I'm holding myself back because I want something to be whatever.
0: So the main thing here, the, the theme that I keep hearing us say over and over is that perfectionism is lives inside of each of us and, and it is the thing that can hold you back if you allow it. Absolutely. Because it's in your head, it's in your emotions, it's in your thoughts, and it's how you think about things, it's how you, it's it's what you're doing that will hinder you. It's what you're thinking that will hinder you.
1: And a lot of times we'll tell ourselves it is because they, whoever they are, won't think that this is good enough, but it's really because we don't think it's good enough. And, and, and and where does that come from? Because if, if all I can do is the best that I can do right now, then it has to be good enough. It has to be. And it, and, and why is
0: good enough? Just good enough. What do you mean? Why do we, why do we even use that term? Oh, it's good enough.
1: I think a lot of times we think, well, I do, when I hear that term good enough, I feel like it's the very least that a person does. You know, like I don't want to do any more. So, you know, take this, and it could be the crappiest thing, and you know it's crappy when you put it out there, but you know, they'll be all right.
0: But you feel like it's good enough. Oh, well, it's not what I wanted, but it's good enough. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's, you know, it's such a mind. Perfectionism could really screw with your mind. It can (laughs) can screw with your mind. If you if you really it, it really can mess with your mind. And you have it's what you tell yourself and you have to manage the things that you say to yourself. Either through meditation, maybe you need to read something positive. Maybe you need to, you know, I I I called Tisa this week and said, wait a second, I need a I need a second set of eyes and ears and emotions on an issue that I'm having at work, and I need I need balance. And maybe you need to have people that you can reach out to and say, hey, I, I feel like I'm I'm going off the deep end of perfectionism here, and how do I? work, through, work it. through it. And I I find for me I have to plan for imperfection. I will but I, I think, make a perfect plan and then say, now you know this is not going to happen according to it. But if you just accomplish two things.
1: <laughs> we're but but I think celebrate. I think I think that we one of the reasons that we don't celebrate Excuse me. I think that one of the reasons why we don't celebrate where we are more. And embrace where we are more is because our idea of where we should be is totally false it's totally yes. unrealistic you know you know when i think about my son he played basketball from the time he was 6 5 or 6 until you know he played all four years in high school and i remember when he was in middle school he was terrible he was terrible because he thought that he should be Kobe. So he was trying to do all the tricks, you know, and he hadn't learned the fundamentals mm-hmm. at that point. And every time the coach said, do it this way, he would be like, oh, he don't know what he's talking about. I'm trying to be Kobe number two. <laughs> <laughs> oh my because, God. because because at 10, you should be playing like a 10-year-old. yes. You can be playing like a really good 10-year-old, but you still are playing like a 10-year-old. Why is your expectation that at 10, you should be playing like an NBA player?
0: Because that's what Kobe was doing at 10 years old. LeBron. <laughs> <I'm a rock. laughs>
1: but I'm sure that if you go back and you watch them tapes when they were 10, like they were probably really good 10-year-olds. But, you know, and, and you, can, you can see the growth, but we don't want the growth. We want that ideal. Yes. And we cannot get to that until we learn the fundamentals but we, and build.
0: I agree. But we also have to think about we live in the age of spin. We live in the age of spin and competition where people know how to make every. It's not enough. now. It used to be. It used to be now. And I'm just going to use getting engaged as an example. A man proposed it to you. There was a time. When if a man just popped a question to you, he did real good. If he showed up with, with his service merchandise ring special, and if mm-hmm. he proposed in front of a few small friends and family members, that was all you needed to do. And if you, if you were lucky, you had a party, and that man popped, got on his little knee and put his little ring on your finger, and you put the little stop right on it, it had the little diamond dust in the top, and you was proud of that little diamond dust. Now, have you seen these proposals? they have themes it's all it's a video it's been shot by a drone i mean it's so
1: elaborate just and it all gets on my nerves.
0: It's I mean just to just to get to the engagement. I mean, it's, now you got to have the the, the thirty thousand dollar ring, and he got to take the whole family on a on a on a cruise. And that's I I that's not made up. I met a guy in the jewelry store, and that's what he was doing. He was designing his fiance's uh the ring he was going to propose, and he had, everybody was traveling to Savannah to go on a day cruise, and then he was going to propose to her on this day crew and i was like oh okay and the whole thing was going to be going to be shot in and video and in and, and live and i was like oh okay so that's where we are today oh okay
1: and we are and the crazy thing is that it is more important to look perfect yes than it is to be perfect you, you ain't really got to be perfect but you need to look like you are and that's even more damaging yes you know what? Let me tell you what COVID-19 has done. Come on. When I tell you when I tell you the corona has leveled the playing field, because I don't see more, and this and this is not actually like people that I know personally. You know, like when you see um maybe the the celebrities recording from their homes, or you see videos that people post online of their their companies, you know? Yes. And you see how people are living? (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, what in the world is going on? That is hilarious.
0: So not you looking at people's backgrounds, talking about, ooh, look at her house. Ooh, look at his house.
1: No, let me tell you, I saw a video. I know you talk about Kevin Hart a lot. And I saw a little video where Kevin Hart and his wife, they did like this little TikTok video and they were in their living room. And I just could not stop thinking about the fact that you got a whole bag of chips on the floor, like an open, bag, an open bag of chips on the floor, and the dogs dipping in the chip bag. Oh. Look at, it. Look at it. That's so nasty. I was like, "What in the world is going on?" You know, like you get to see the real deal of some people, and then you realize that the ones that present very like they uh, you would just think they are just doing it it's like okay so i've been been comparing myself to your your manufactured perfection i'm killing myself to be more like you and you ain't even like you
0: come on you're not even you're not even you and this is this is this is i got so tickled My story is is it like the Kevin Hart story, but I was at Walmart and there was this this lady in front of me and she was, you know, dressed, dolled up, makeup, the hair the whole time. And then in her cart, she she had essentials in her. Now it's COVID-19 season. So everybody has food in their cart and you might see a few little household knickknacks, but very few. She had a rug, sheets, a lamp along with I mean like <laughs> I was like ma'am how are you living because this is not <laughs> the, we're not buying these items right now nobody's <laughs> moving right now it, ma'am that means you've been at home and you was okay with that bare floor the no sheets on the mattress with right it, but now that you have to be in the house you fix it up the house she had all kind of decorations little flake fake flowers I was like oh okay <laughs> so now you want to fix up the house because you got to right. be there all the, all the time but if someone probably saw her on anything that she was doing if I'd seen her without all of that in the store I never would have thought anything other than she was living a put together life and 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 who knows why she was getting that stuff in her cart honestly but I did have the thought in my head like mm, now she got to fix that house up right right <laughs> i did i thought i did because it was it was weird everybody was in the store and we're buying we're buying nothing but food and she had a cart full of stuff she had food but then she had all these households i was like okay okay well she get comfortable that's what you should do so that's right We we're around here living to someone else's idea to an idea that's not even real for others and people are they strategize around what to post how to make things look what angle is the best angle it's so manufactured it
1: is crazy it is I remember when um, those judge shows first came out like when judge judy first came out Mm -hmm. those kind of shows Mm -hmm. and uh, my husband will always say it's all manufactured TISA. And I'm like, no, it's not. And for as much as some of it is not scripted is unscripted, the camera angles that they're using, the phrases that they choose to cut together, because they may shoot for an hour, but you are only going to see 15 minutes. That's true. And a lot of it is, manufactured and if you're trying to live your life by somebody else's manufactured standard you will go crazy
0: you will go crazy because you are really trying to live your life on something that's not real not
1: not real perfection is not real
0: perfection is not real
1: and i used to always struggle with I know I write better than this person. I know I am smarter than this person, but they look like they're succeeding and I'm not. Why is it so hard?
0: Oh, come on, Tisa.
1: And it is because those people did not let this idea of perfection stop them from producing. And they could have been terrible. I I remember... I've always been a good writer and there was a, you know, Jerome Dickey. Is that his name? Jerome Dickey. Mm -hmm. So I used to love his books like when I was younger and I remember he had put his email address on the back of his books. This is like 20, 20 plus years ago. He would put his email address on the back of his books and I sent him an email you know, expecting to get some inspiration from this writer who is doing it. And I said, you know, I'm an aspiring writer myself or I'm an aspiring writer. Is there anything that you can uh, suggest to me? And his email back to me was, keep writing, (laughs) buy my next book. (laughs) (laughs) And he's right though. Right, but I always felt like I'm a better writer than him. This was 20 years ago. Have I written a book? No. Mm -mm. No, I have not. Because you know. And that's
0: good. Because that's the thing with all writers. Every every writing course I've ever read, every book from every writer, they've always said, just write. Just write. It just keep writing. Don't stop writing. Schedule time to write and write. If you don't, you'll never do it you think yes. you think it has to be perfect or that your writing is not perfect or or all the things that you think about it will stop you from doing it
1: and it will stop you and that is the reality that if you don't let go of perfectionism it will absolutely stop you it will it will And and, um, even when I used to uh, teach a class, I used to teach um, a writing class. And um, one of the things I would make my students read is this piece called shitty first draft. And it is important for you to get it out. You can refine, you can edit, you can tweak, you can do all of that once you have it out. But if you have not put out anything, And that doesn't have to do with writing. It could be anything, podcasting, YouTube. If you don't put anything out, there is nothing to refine. There is no growth to be made. There's nothing to tweak.
0: That's so good. And you'll
1: you'll sit there for the next 10 years talking about what I could have, should have, would have done when I had the chance.
0: It never came together. It never worked out for me. I never could, all because you were expecting perfection yeah yes or you were expecting the perfect idea of what you was what you thought it would be
1: and this is my question when it comes to perfection as well why do you expect to be perfect when you just starting? that's good why is that the expectation
0: or even or even if you've been doing it for a while i've been married for what 12 years i can tell you that ain't perfect (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not perfect, Ooh, but you haven't it's not been. Perfect. But you haven't been married for twelve years. For twelve years, that's right. That's one thing that you used to say that your dad would say. That what you see now in my marriage is however long he had been. Yup, your parents had been married at that point. You can't expect that. You
0: year one you cannot expect your marriage to look and perform like a 40 year old marriage yes
1: like a 50
0: year old marriage you you don't have the years you don't have the legs you don't have the trials the tribulations it's not going to look like that
1: when i tell you your dad's words of wisdom have uh, carried a sister through yes. honey
0: Daddy, to say that stuff, knock you upside the head, and then gone out of the room. You be like, "You think you said that, didn't you?" I don't even like you today. <laughs> but I love you, but you make me do that
1: because he'll say that type of stuff
0: and keep it going. And it's it's true though. It's very very true. You expect a perfect marriage and a perfect union, and you have to be careful because you will find yourself trying to get this idea this idea of a marriage that one is not real. I have I have a rule a rule now I'm going to tell y'all my secret rule this is my secret rule but this is just truly my secret rule me and my husband do not do social media together we don't do so and that's my rule the reason why is because a lot of times I feel like people that are on social media too much with their marriage you look up and they are with different people Honey. <laughs> on social media with their marriage so I, as a rule of thumb what we do is what we do and that is that you know we don't put that on social media our family is not to be advertised it's not marketing we're not doing that because our marriage is real and we're not going to start trying to create this fake idea of what marriage and family looks like no we're not doing it
1: because it will hold you hostage honey it will hold you hostage. Now, he done get, got on your nerves, but it's Valentine's Day and we got to do a Valentine's post for our for our um, our um audience because that's what you're supposed to do. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. No. Mm-mm. Not living under that bondage.
0: Not living under that bondage. I, I love you, like you just fine. It's not perfect, but it's ours and I will not and I don't. And it also helps me to not strive for something that's not that's an idea that's out there because it when you do see sometimes those images that come across and you're like man i didn't do this or we didn't do that or we didn't go here it can hit you like that sometimes and you have to stop and say that's not what we're doing
1: Right. Because then you become addicted to the perception. Yes. So so, so the, the, especially when it comes to marriage, the example that I always use is buying flowers. Right. Mm -hmm. So like I actually have a friend and her husband bought her flowers every week. When they first started dating, he bought her flowers every single week while they were dating and they got married and he still buys her flowers and it's the sweetest thing. Right. 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 I could easily look at my husband and be like, uh, bruh, where's my flowers? Because that means that you love me or because you're not buying me flowers. That means that you don't love me. Really. All it means is that my husband doesn't buy me flowers.
0: That's all it means.
1: That's all that it means.
0: And do you even want flowers? Cause my husband, really buys, right. My husband buys flowers for every occasion. And I finally told him the last time don't walk in this door with another set of flowers.
1: Yeah, I'm not a flower
0: person. <laughs> this is twelve years of every Mother's Day, every birthday, every 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 day, every mother, every uh Valentine's Day, every day of acknowledgement, it's a flower. Right. And it has become his go to kind of thoughtless. Okay, I gotta stop off and get the flowers. I gotta stop off and get the flowers. Or ooh, I gotta call and have the flowers sent. It's the go to thing. For me, it feels thoughtless it's just like it's the oh i have to acknowledge her in some way and i'm just gonna do the fuck dude it's it's gone one stop spending the money because the only emotional rise you get out of me is probably what you would get from the same card Mm -hmm. (laughs) because i don't have an appreciation for it anymore now it used to be oh my god he brought me flowers but now it feels like okay Let's do something different, sir. I'm thankful for the flowers because you didn't have to do anything, but I want you to be a little bit more creative. Let's figure out something else other than flowers.
1: And the thing about that is that really what we're saying is that we want the flowers to represent something else.
0: Come on.
1: That it does not. We want perfection to rep- or our goal of, or in our mind, what we consider to be the perfect thing to represent something that it is not. So if I do this a certain way, if I do this a perfect way, then it means that I'm smart, or it means that yes. I'm rich, or it means that I'm loved, or it means something else. And all it means is that you did that thing. That's, That's all really it all it means. I did did this thing according to somebody else's standard about how that thing is supposed to be done. Now, your husband can bring you flowers and he could be beating you upside the head, the rest of the time. Come on. But to, but to the world, oh, he loves her every so much flowers, because he every- because he, yeah.
0: And it's like, no, he beat me the other days. <laughs> That's- it now, y'all. He does not love y'all. <laughs>
1: The reason that that I thought about that in particular is you remember that story, that movie, Sleeping with the Enemy? Yes. And that's exactly what happened in the movie. He beat her. And then the next day he brought her all of these flowers. And it was just like, oh, you know, I'm showing you that I love you. No, you're just buying me flowers. That's all that you're doing.
0: You just buying me flowers.
1: And how do we live a life that is more rooted in the truth? than it is in perfection.
0: I think, again, knowing if that's a struggle for you, because I do think some people don't struggle. My husband does not struggle with that at all. And he got it honest. He, he does not struggle with perfectionism. And it's just not something that, he struggles with his mom is the same way they just they that's just not a, a a something that hangs over them in that way and my husband is like oh it's good and moves on i think if you i think it's knowing if it's something that you struggle with if you and, it, and you might even be on the on the perfection competitive side of the, of the fence <laughs> but knowing that you you struggle with it and then having a plan for how you're going to deal with it and and figuring
1: out what works for you. Or or how is it, is it really unhealthy? I guess it is if it stops you from doing the things that you want to do.
0: If it stops you and if it stops you from appreciating because life is about perception. Perception is reality. So if you can't appreciate If you wanted a husband and uh, kids or you wanted a family, whether you were this male or female, if you wanted a family and you get one and then you spend the entire time. Oh, my family is not what I wanted to be because we don't live in the neighborhood that I wanted us to live in. Uh, We don't have the house that I thought we would live in. I'm not driving. I have kids and I'm supposed to be driving the big, beautiful uh, luxury SUV and I got a, I have a minivan you can't
1: appreciate
0: what you have.
1: Well, let me ask you this. How do you balance perfection and just not wanting to settle for the okie-doke or mediocrity or, you know, because because is there anything wrong with wanting more, wanting better and not being okay with where you are at the moment?
0: No, I think you should want more, want better, strive for what you want in your life, certainly. But if if it doesn't happen or look or feel a particular way, if you find that you still can't appreciate your life, then you need to find balance. And I think balance, balance for me comes in um, meditation, meditation reading uh, books, I have to be very deliberate in the areas where I'm out of balance. So I have to know, like professionally, in my professional career, I'm very out of balance with perfectionism. And some of that is largely because I grew up in corporate, that was, you had to be polished, you had to be perfect, you couldn't be real. And then right before my eyes, corporate changed, and nobody wants to work with those mummified corporate people everybody wants someone who feels real and I face out for my job so that means that I work outside and relate to the community and that and they want to work with people that don't feel super polished. So whereas we used to go out and everybody, you needed to be in a suit and you needed to have on, you need to have the the your nice pad folio with a really nice pin and you need to bring your, good morning, my name is Angela with you and it's so nice to meet you today and what we're going to be talking about. You had to take that out into the workforce. Nobody wants that anymore. Now they now they say leave the suit at home. <laughs> wear, wear a top and, and a skirt. Wear some flats and not heels. Take your real voice in the meeting. Hey, I'm Angela, guys. So we have a couple of issues. They want you to speak in, and I mean, it's hilarious to see us say being relatable is being real now. That big polished thing is no longer attractive. So just like you have a plan for how to change that I think you also have to have a plan for how do you make your life more tangible Mm -hmm. and more palatable for your mind so that you can appreciate your life I hope I answered that yeah all the way no but I hope I, I hope I got to uh the an answer no, that how to, how to create balance
1: that's good because because I think that there is a space where you could want better or want more and still be content with where you are and mm-hmm. accept where you are Yes. you know in in a healthy way because that's really you know what when we have our conversations with each other that's really what we're trying to get to
0: yes. we're not trying
1: to get to better we're trying to get to healthy.
0: Balance and balance. We're trying to get to balance.
1: Yes, and that. I mean, even the even the Bible tells us that in all things exercise. Um And I can't even think of the word balance, but uh it's the M word. What's the M word, Angela? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, oh. That, um, that, no, I, I do know what you're trying yeah. to say. I do, it's in all things exercise. Oh
1: It's an M moderation. Moderation. Amen. Hey, see? See? Slow, yes. slow
0: preacher, but here. <laughs>
1: moderation. Yes. So, so that even tells us that all what we consider good is not necessarily good. And all that we consider bad is not necessarily bad. That there is a middle ground in there, which is where we really should be operating.
0: That's good moderation is key
1: it is it really is
0: that's the and that was the final word that was good in all things moderation how to get to moderation and how how moderation what that means and looks like for you you have to decide
1: yeah and and make sure that you are deciding that you're just not following that you're just not following somebody else's definition of moderation because because, like Angela and I, we are both married, we both have two kids. My kids are older than her kids. She has two, two boys, I have a boy and a girl. So if I'm comparing moderation in my life to what she has going on, then I'm always gonna fall short because we're at just we're just at different places. that's true. And so I have to be clear that, you know, Family, I would say family time for me is it has to be more intentional mm-hmm. because my kids have their own schedules, their own agendas, they're doing their own things. And so it's something that I that I have to schedule more now than I did when they were younger, because then I controlled the whole thing. Right. <laughs> I'm not taking you this way. I'm not signing you up for this. So you're going to be at the house and we're going to spend time together. You know, so if I'm beating myself up because, oh, we just don't do things as a family like we used to, why is that ex- my expectation at this point in my life? That's good. So, yeah, that's good.
0: Moderation and balance. And no one can define that for you. Don't go looking outside yourself for what that means don't go to pinterest don't go to google what does moderation and balance mean for you and how can you achieve that thank you so much for joining us on ba today thank you
1: thank you our first remote uh podcast recording
0: the first remote one yay
1: yay thank you COVID-19 are we gonna ever say that thank you COVID-19 we're
0: gonna say it now thank you COVID-19 we're gonna be better because of it
1: (laughs) thank you for the quarantine you know thank you for the quarantine
0: yeah I'm I'm telling you I'm making my house better listen I'm the the workload share is fantastic yeah it's some fantastic right here honey did you did you did you Take the meat out. Are
1: you cooking? You cooking? Yeah. Okay. Great. (laughs) I'm learning how to play spades. No. (laughs) Yes.
0: Tisa, no.
1: No, they've not invited
0: you into that old Negro spiritual.
1: (laughs) Yes. Before this whole thing is over, I'm gonna learn how to make books and play spades.
0: Oh my gosh! What it teach me, honey? Cause I can't, I can't play.
1: Yeah, but it's—I mean—at the end of the day, it's us uh, spending time as a family, and we have not done that in a long time, especially since my son has been off at school. So, you know, oh, that's good. That's some good family time. Moderate, and, and and even in that, this is the kid teaching the parent. You know, so we're even, um, you know, just engaging differently, which is refreshing. You know, awesome. cool. yeah, it's good. It's good. Teach me what you know. I don't know. You know, he's at an HBCU, so he's learning some things. <laughs> I
0: guess so. He teaching his mama how to play spades. Tell <laughs> my mama count your books.
1: <laughs> but it's good. It's good. It feels good. good. Even
0: within that, that's good. Yep. Because if you had a certain idea about how your educated son was supposed to come home and what he's supposed to teach you, and he's teaching you how to how to play spades. And that you can appreciate it and that it's that it enriches your life. Fantastic. Yeah. That's a great. And, he,
1: and he's learning that his mama is not above learning from him because at this point in his life, yeah, he's just teaching me spades. But he's getting older. He's getting different experiences out there in the world, and there are some things that he's going to bring back to our family. That's going to enlighten our family. And if I, as a parent, always feel like I'm the one that's teaching the kids, the kids can't teach me anything. Then who is the family going to be reflection of? That's
0: good.
1: You know, and it should be a, re- a reflection of all of that's us. So good. What we all bring to the table. That's so good. You know, so it's good yeah but this is not boss part two
0: okay because we did we this went on off. we went to the other end of the we went off on the other end y'all don't know as a mom i'm over here like yes that's so good and i you know and see i told you i'd like a list because then i instantly started making a list i started saying i'm gonna figure out something for the kids to teach me <laughs> what can they teach me See that's
1: thing, See because that's but you know what but but that's important because what i've learned is that it builds them up in a different way yeah, it allows them to see themselves in a different way. They're just not receiving. they're just they're out there to contribute and to give and to own. Like we talk about, you know, owning self, self success, success, you know, and that starts early. I just think about where could I be? if I learned those lessons earlier in my life.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think the same thing and I want to give it to my kids. I'm like, Ooh, I want you to have it. I want you to, I want you to understand your autonomy as early as possible.
1: And your brilliance and your value. Yes. Uh, separate from what you do, but just because of, just because you are you,
0: you are you God made you. And that's enough. Yes.
1: Yes. And really owning it and really owning. That. Yep. All right, y'all. I
0: think we ended in a good place today.
1: (laughs) Yes, it's good. I'm very excited about this one. I'm excited. That's
0: good. All right, y'all. Thank y'all for joining us today on Boss Brilliantly Owning Self and Success.
1: This is Boss. This is Boss.